Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you with us. We're back after a couple-week hiatus. Uh, Pastor Molly got married. Yeah, I was busy. Sorry. Yeah, a little busy, <laughs> honeymooning, enjoying life, celebrating. Yeah, so, that's good. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she's going to have all this new insight about life. <laughs> that's what happens. Because she's ontologically changed, married. right? That totally happens. Uh. I, I recall, you know, the, the epiphanies that just kept rolling in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know if I've had too many epiphanies. Mm. It's okay. It's it okay. is. It is interesting when you're like, oh, this person and I are connected now. Legally. In a different way, right? In yeah. a different way. Yeah. 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 He was going out to do something. I like. I remember like the day after we got married. I was like, you better be careful. And I just had this like, you better be careful because we're connected now. I got to, you got to make sure you're okay. Yeah. It's powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's beautiful to think about in many ways. Imagine if we all felt connected in that way to each other. A sense Uh, of mutual accountability, a sense of responsibility to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the world would be a better place, wouldn't it? Make sure we were all okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Hmm. that's, that's something to work toward. (laughs) Huh. Anyway, <laughs> in lots of different ways. Those are my so, those. That's my only marriage thought. All yeah. right, all right, mm-hmm. cool. Yep, cool. Yeah. Otherwise, back I was in my honeymoon in Hawaii, and it was very lovely there. And we came back, and Sunday was beautiful. But then we got this weather of fall <laughs> and dreary and cold, and just kind of sad. It makes you feel sad inside. <laughs> it makes you feel sad inside. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's a it's a gray wet day here in the UP. It's so kind of yucky, but yeah. anyway, so that's the weather report from Marquette. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we what we missed the last few weeks have was a couple of texts, um, a couple of parables essentially um, from Matthew, um, and in many ways, once again, kind of problematic ones or hard ones. Um, one was, or I guess, one parable was hard. It's the um, the parable of the wedding banquet um, and the person being thrown out mm-hmm. um, and thinking about what it means. Or the wrong clothes. The wrong clothes, wrong wedding garment, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's that notion of what what does grace mean? Are there, an, are there expectations to that in some ways, like that we're invited to this table? Mm-hmm. Um, do we rem- remember whose table it is and mm-hmm. what it means to be included? Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting one because I think as Lutherans we get a little ugh, about like yeah. requirements and grace. Oh, we do. We're we're not good at with that. No, no, because our our founder was a, a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> Just um, a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> which like which is you know such an interesting thing to think about. What do people different people need for their like for their own sense of spirituality and connection mm-hmm. with God, and um you know some of the pushed back within Lutheranism towards like the whole works righteousness thing mm-hmm. is because it came from a person who was so overwhelmed by doing everything right in the right way that you, you pushed back so Absolutely. far against that yeah. to a sense of like total and utter grace, which is beautiful. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's okay to say there are things attached with grace, right? There and are a, a sense of personal. Right. And it's not, it's not about, your work per mm-hmm. se as earning it, but that for grace to truly exist in a way that is how it has or how we interpret it to be intended, mm-hmm. it it involves a response. Yeah, a right? visible sign yeah. of the grace, right? You can't just be like, "Ah, oh, grace is there." 
It's but you have to, invisible. people have to, to be know. able to feel it and see it and experience it. So right. and you're a part of making that happen. And to name it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and in some ways that's Luther's justification by faith. And this yeah. Reformation Sunday is coming up this weekend, by the way, y'all. So that's why like, I got this, this fits on in our well. mind. Um, but then we actually didn't have a parable. Um, last weekend, uh, Dr. Katie Deaver preached, um, and she preached on it was uh, Jesus's response about the Pharisees and Herodians trying to trick Jesus with the, oh, coin, the coin. You know, who does this belong does, to? You know, yeah. Well, they don't ask about the coin. Jesus mm-hmm. asks about the coin. Actually, they say like, you know, um, is it right to pay mm-hmm. taxes? And Jesus basically is like, that's the wrong question. Yeah. Like the question is, is what is God's? Mm-hmm. And why are you essentially the the subtext? And I think this is where Doctor Deaver took it. And like I do, too, I do too. I feel like is is this that question? If Jesus turns around and says, "Render under Caesar what is Caesar's, rend- and to God what is God's," which mm-hmm. the implicit subtext is, it's all God's, y'all. Oh, huh. is like mm-hmm. it's this wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Are you you're displacing this? You're it's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like Matthew's Jesus does a lot. He's like wink, wink, wrong question. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Can you guys think about this differently? So I feel like that's that's interesting. And now we go into Reformation Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're out of Matthew because we're not sticking with the um, the thematic year Reformation Sunday polls texts differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so the text is from the Gospel according to John, um, and so this this has very different tone to it. It's it's not, and it's not um, narratively woven into what we've been hearing for the last months. Yeah, so we're just right? kind of jumping around just a, a tad bit, right? Taking yeah. a little break from Which is okay. Matthew. But I just want to name that because mm-hmm. it's just it's 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 different. It is different. So, I'm going to read this. This is really just like um uh six verses or so of of John chapter 8, so it's verses 31 through 36. So, then Jesus said to the Jews, um which by the way can better be translated as Judeans. It's it's about geographical uh where folks are from. So, Um, But then Jesus said to the Judeans who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? And Jesus answered them very truly. I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Um, and I'm just going to add a few more verses just for context, even though they're not in the reading for Sunday, which is, I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place for you in, in, in you for my word. I declare what I have seen in the father's presence as for you, you should, ha- you should do what you have heard from the father. So it's tying it back into saying, are you paying attention in some ways? Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting that that's left out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest part I think that initially strikes me is that we have never been slaves to anyone. And you're just like, wait a second. <laughs> Do you forget your entire history? Yeah, and it's interesting that they throw it back to Abraham and then say that, right? And mm, right. which which is such the um which I see Jesus tying it in so much, um, and is such a part of the Israelite faith of remembering, right? And yeah. the memory. Yeah. Right. God is constantly in the Old Testament being like, remember I am the Lord your God, the God who led you out of Egypt, out of the slavery, right? You shall have no other God before me because I have done all these things for you, right? And just the fact that they say that is that forgetfulness of who God truly is to them, 
the God who frees them. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a forgetfulness of God. Yeah. So even in their state of proclaiming their their identity, they're forgetting the core of their identity within that. They are. And the most important part of their identity of who their God is, right? The God who frees. Yeah. And I would say, and but it's also, I, I'd, I'd add, I think there's another layer to that, which is, do they even know what freedom is? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they thinking that means? Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. what do they think that being bound to slavery means? Mm. Right. I mean, it, which I think f- for us, it's kind of like that. Um, it's kind of, it raises that interesting question of like, we may not feel the weight of history mm-hmm. the same way as our ancestors did or yeah. others do. And it's, uh, you know, I say this is a white dude in America. So like, I don't mm-hmm. have that same cultural um, heritage of oppression. I am mm-hmm. the oppressor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really interesting is thinking about like, so what does it, if, if they don't have that memory, um, what is the legacy that they do carry and that they're yeah. have to wrestle with? And I think that in some ways your question is the same because mm-hmm. it's asking, it's asking, okay, why don't you remember? Yeah. And do you not see yourself as connected to the past? Right. And I think that is yeah. a huge question question mm-hmm. right because that's what it's saying right like yeah. oh we literally ourselves have never been slaves right right but it it harkens back to this like line that is reiterated over over and over again in the old testament and in the yeah in the torah it's knock you know yeah and it's interesting because it's a denial of and in some ways like in some ways their brokenness in this is a denial of mm-hmm. um generational and institutional Yes, which is so Sin, interesting. Right? Or, it, or bondage. Yeah, it reminds me so much of people being like, well, I've never enslaved anybody. Uh, which it's way you're like, like, that's not... You know, it's like the flip side of the coin, yeah, right? Well, yeah. we've never been enslaved. It's just the denial of that the history of it all has any impact on us whatsoever. Right, Or and that the ramifications don't impact us today, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's saying like, well, I've never been a slave, so why do I need this freedom? Right. Like yeah. what, yeah. what are you off? What are you selling me, yeah. Jesus? No, right. I'm like, good. Thanks. I'm good. Mm-hmm. To which Jesus basically says, um, excuse me. Right. Like uh, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, mm-hmm. which essentially what it, like, I don't know. I kind of he's still sassy Jesus in this because it's kind of like he's like it's like sin. Slavery is not about in, in this to him. He's saying. Just because you didn't experience oppression of your ancestors doesn't mean you're bound to something that is holding you from from being your full self. Doesn't mean that you're not bound. Doesn't mean you're not yeah. bound, right? Yeah. Like that you are bound is what he's basically mm-hmm. saying. It's like you don't see it. You mm-hmm. just don't you're missing this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't name the thing that is holding you back from being in that relationship with God, how can you ever get anywhere, right? I mean, that's the first, I think about it's, this in some ways, the parallels to the co- conversations about recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, this passage has some nice parallels to that. Like yeah. thinking that the first, to AA or the, and yeah, recovery. to AA and recovery mm-hmm. and the, that the 12 step type of uh, mindset and, and process, because in some ways the first thing to do is to admit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the first thing is to say out loud, what is real? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like making that moral inventory in like step four. Right. I mean, and all like there's things, all these right? different pieces to it. So but many like, layers. But at the same time, like it's interesting because in some ways it, that is woven into this story. Mm-hmm. Right. And of, 
it's so interesting when you connect that with like the truth setting you free, right? Mm, yeah. The truth, the reality, and Jesus kind of names what the truth is. Um, I think it's it's sad we don't get that later. I think you should read that later passage on Sunday <laughs> because that verse, I mean, maybe the difficult part is the opportunity to kill me, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's with not the, great, but kind of know. the Jewish. Yeah, I know when you, especially when you read it as Jews at the that. top, like I'm just like, ooh, that just yeah. smacks wrong, that which is not what it's intended. Is rough, but, but then when Jesus says, "I declare what I have seen in my in the Father's presence," as for you, you should do what you have heard from the Father. Um, to me, it's that experientialness of the truth, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what you are experiencing as the truth and witnessing, and this whole kind of like gathering together of the story of like. You hear what Jesus is saying. You see what Jesus is doing, right? Right. How can you still proclaim that you just, like, you don't know, you don't get it or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting, too, with that, like, that you should do what you've heard from the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, tying that experiential, that what they they know, tying that back into their question of, like, um, of what is in some ways the implicit of what, how do we understand truth, right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus basically says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And they leap over the truth. Mm-hmm. And to, what do you mean by saying you'll be made free? Like, they're like, why, why is that an issue? Mm-hmm. rather than asking the question of what do you mean by truth, which is really interesting because in some ways what Jesus does, right, is he says, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. You heard it from my dad, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you? Yeah. And this is where that freedom comes from, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. although, you know, you'd say John says, John's Jesus also says the freedom comes through me, right? I mean, that's, which is true. Yeah. But yeah. like, but at the same time, like I do feel like there's some element of it. The truth is also something that has already been known. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question is, can they see that that truth actually frees them? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, sorry, one more, one more layer here, right? Okay, yeah, bring it. And this is a reflection on us too and complacency because Jesus is addressing the Jews who had believed in him. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He's believing. He's talking to people who already proclaim themselves as believers. Right. Yeah. He's not talking to people who are denying him. Right. These are people who are on board, but are are struggling in their faith. Right. And I think yeah. that's that's a good part. I think a tie into the Reformation of it all. Right. Is that. These people are believing in Jesus, seeing Jesus, walking with Jesus, and yet they're still struggling to understand what Jesus is saying. And I think that's the humanity of it for us, too. Where do we find ourselves in it? That it's hard to, um, to you know, when we think about it within the racism context, right? It's hard right. to place ourselves in this society, in this um, history of what our ancestors have done and to proclaim that as a truth, right? It's right. hard to recognize that when we proclaim truth, that Jesus sets us free in it, right? And all of that. So I think it's finding ourselves in this as well. Yeah. And I think one of the uncomfortable pieces of that too, um, and I think that the illustration we're using with with 
race and racism is kind of powerful this way is to say that that it may not feel like freedom to us in the same way. Mm. Say more about that. Because that the truth may actually convict, mm-hmm. but in that conviction, it frees us. Yeah, because you need right? that cycle, right? The repentance cycle. Right, but that like to name that, you know, I am a beneficiary of the GI Bill and the loan program that was inherently racist, mm-hmm. structurally racist. Yeah, because it was only for white folks. Right, Yeah, that to name that and to say that um, is to also to make myself complicit mm-hmm. in those advantages, mm-hmm. right? And and that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's that's not that doesn't feel freeing, right? No. But to name that is to then free myself to say I know that the truth, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. in some ways, it's that you know knowledge sets you free. Like the way that this gets misinterpreted and misused, right? Like it's terrible. But like at the same time, like the knowledge of self and of sin in some ways allows us because sin, especially, I think, and this goes once again with addiction type of conversation, is that. Sin often hides. Mm-hmm. It rebels and it hides and it pushes in different ways, but it's often hidden, mm-hmm. um, which is part of why in recovery it's about bringing it forth, right, mm-hmm. out of the shadows. Yeah. And I think that in some ways that same thing is true about um, about the past, which in some ways brings us back full circle to them being like, yeah, but we, we're children of Abraham. We don't have this. And Jesus is like, ding, 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 mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, like, do you not? see this like yeah yeah it's hidden for you yeah and you know I mean even just with this with the slavery stuff and then you know you and I were talking a little bit about all the stuff going on in Israel Palestine and the war um it makes me think back to um the the it was the recent documentary documentary of like America in and the Holocaust yeah the one that was on PBS yeah it was a great production. It was yeah, very it was, disturbing. Yes. Um, and the part that's jumping out to me is thinking about how hard the U.S. worked to not have to take in um, Jewish refugees yeah. for so long. Um, and, you know, how this there's kind of this unraveling of, you know, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic kind of yeah. ideas in the West and in the United States and all of that. Um, and how it's kind of also evolved into the pro-Israel kind of movement. Um, and I, I was just yeah. listening. So I'm here's where I'm taking this. And this is only a little tiny bit and piece of it is that I was just listening to a podcast. They're talking about the whole issue with Israel-Palestine um, and the kind of the evangelical pro-Israel movement mm-hmm. of both being pro-Israel and like a little bit anti-Semitic. Yeah, and which the is whole, a- Interesting yeah, concept, isn't it? Yeah, and the know? 1970s book, oh gosh, I can't remember the title of it, um, but that essentially it's the one that sets up the whole idea that the state of Israel is necessary for revelation to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, And so there's this kind of evangelical push that the state of Israel exists. Yeah, that's so the that cr- Christian the, Zionism. Yeah, yeah, so that the end yeah. time... We have a place to go. Happen, yeah. yeah. So it's essentially being like we need these Just people crazy. to prop us up, yeah, so that us as Christians can like step on them in order to take our place in yeah. this revel revelation. In other of, words, it's continued oppression for, yeah, but in exactly. a different way. 
Yeah. yeah. Where was I going with this? Oh, wow. That was kind of a bit of a rabbit hole. But it's just like this, wow, you know, the motivation and the truth behind all the things is kind of rough when we're not accepting the history and really centering ourselves in the stuff when we're just like, oh, we have no recollection of history or we have no recollection of where we're coming from or where we're going. And I think that is a lot of what's happening in this text for today, to put it long story short. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what, I think Jesus also does something that's, that's also really profound and um, present, right? Is That's not as that. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that like there is some framing of like of the past and knowing the past mm-hmm. and understanding. And, and I think that it's, it really hits home in the, the, um, the, I declare what I've seen in your, in the father's presence as for you, you should do what you have heard from the father, right? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, these things, Yeah. but like, and this is part the of the history, of the right? Law. But yeah, mm-hmm. but then there's this other piece of it, which I really feel like um, the everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Um, but that's present. Um, that's not just having to look in the past. That's saying, and I think that that may be one of the profound pieces of this is to say that you need to know the past to understand what this means, mm-hmm. but also look in the mirror and see who you are right now. Mm-hmm. And see that this mm-hmm. is still a piece of it, even if you even if you aren't looking in the past, mm-hmm. you're still bound. Yeah, you still need freedom. Yes, but if you look in the past, you'll understand in other ways what this actually mm-hmm. the a broader depth and breadth. And I feel like in some ways, like I think about that from the lens of like political uh, argument and war and the challenges right now. In some ways, mm-hmm. too, is to say is to say it's. Yes, we need the history. Yes, we need the the understanding. We need the mm-hmm. theology too, as Christians, like to understand what the heck is going on with some of the some of the rhetoric. Yeah. But like, but we also need to just hit pause and say, okay, we see we see pain and we see sin being committed. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this mean? Yeah. Right. Like it's that. Yes, there's more behind this, but also it's this question of where where are we in this now, and what does freedom actually look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and cause so to me, I feel like it's that both and, which mm-hmm. actually makes it more powerful because it it's kind of like, how do you do that? Yeah. And that's perfect because it, um, it's this, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. If we just stop there, it'll be like, oh, well, who is that? Yeah. Everybody. Right. Literally everybody. Yeah. And that's really reinforced if we take it back to the beginning of chapter eight with the woman caught in adultery, right? When <laughs> they're like, if. If any of you is without sin, be the first to throw the stone at her. And then, like, at the end, Jesus is like, woman, where'd everybody go? Uh, has no one condemned you? And she said, no one. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> yeah, like, they're yeah. they're all like, oh, darn it. That's me. You know? Right. I, too, am a part of this. And so it's this recognition that none of us are, none of us are really free on our own merit. Right? Yeah. Which comes back to, in some ways, you know, your reference to marriage at the beginning of the conversation, like <laughs> of like the accountability, the bound to one another. Uh-huh. And in some ways, this is this is a reminder that mm-hmm. your behavior is bound yeah. in, in the context of community, that sin. We're all on the same level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that sin doesn't sin. 
Sin doesn't happen in a vacuum, but it also doesn't impact in a vacuum. It doesn't just hurt you. Yeah. And right? that, remember, and when we go back to kind of, you know, our working definition of sin, right? The thing that separates us from God and right. from one another, right? Yeah. And that yeah. that is what relationship, right? Sin is the attempt to separate us. It's the attempt to say, I'm better than this other person. You know, I'm in, you're out, right? Yeah. I'm better. I don't need, I don't need that forgiveness because I'm not a slave to sin. Yeah. Right. And Jesus says, yeah, you are. Which I mean, yeah. and this is like, this is, this is, you know, quintessential reformation, right? And similius is said peccator, right? Like simultaneously um, sinner and justified. Oh, sinner right? and saint. saint right. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. but like it's that notion that like we, we live in that tension um, and that Jesus sets us free, but we are also still bound, bound to that. Um, we have that freedom, but mm-hmm. it's also that question of how do we, how do we live um, and and name the things that continually try to bind us, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. to break those relationships yeah. and separate us from God. And I find that, like, it's really interesting, too, because it's that goes back to the truth, right? Jesus says the truth will set you free. And then he says, I will set you tr- free, which John is like, he's the truth. He's the mm-hmm. way, right? But, like, the other piece of that is Jesus says the truth will set, the truth will set you free, meaning the truth in knowing the brokenness that you are, but also in knowing the fullness mm-hmm. of yourself as a beloved child of God, mm-hmm. because I see that in you. And right? that, and that is this ending part, right? Yeah, that is yeah. this part that says, um, boop, boop, boop. there is no place in you for my word. So having the truth in you is having the place in you for my word. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is you naming that. Right. That you are a beloved child of God, freed and forgiven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is the place within you for the word. And that is the truth. Right. right? I mean, that's very. Jo- yeah, that's John's yeah. understanding. It's not just this. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Right. It's this remembrance of all the things that Jesus has done and said and continues to do and continues to be at work in you. Absolutely. And doing. it's totally true when you think about John saying that the truth and, and the way of Jesus is the logos is the word. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that it is. Yeah, it is that the word, the light. Yeah. I mean, those, those images, right? but it's also that the word of God um is far more than one sentence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, and in some ways, Jesus is saying, I am embodying the word of God that has come through mm-hmm. your ancestors, right? The truth is bigger than mm-hmm. the one, this one moment in time. Yeah. Believing isn't enough, right? Hmm. That's powerful to say, though, in this, right? Well, I mean, Jesus essentially says it at the beginning. Right. Yeah. He's speaking to those who have said they, they believe and he him. says, if you continue in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and you will. But it's it that believing free, like, and it's the continuing in the word. Right. That the work doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's this continuation. Right. Yeah. And it's having the word in you. It's declaring that you have Jesus has seen in the father's presence and that you have heard. And that you continue to hear. Which, right. which raises a really interesting question, and I mean, I, I don't want to send us down a totally different rabbit hole, but like this question of like, how do we understand continual transformation as Christians, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That that being a Christian is not a one and done. 
Yeah, it's not a it's dip a, in the pool, and I believe in my Lord right, and Savior Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, and then everything's at cut, least right? not not in. I mean, not according to John, and not according mm-hmm. to Luther. Yeah, but, and then we just sit on our bench and wait for the you know death and resurrection. No, right, right. It is more. It is so much more. Yeah, and making it less is watering it down, and it's not living in Jesus's truth. Yeah, and part of it is that Jesus says. You may be believers, but, and you think that you're free, but you're not, mm-hmm. right? Because they think, and I mean, in some ways he's saying, it wasn't just that one moment where you thought freedom came. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was a big, a big breath. Maybe it gave you f- this relief. Maybe there's power. I mean, I don't want to, you know, devalue that. No. But I think that Jesus is also saying, but there's more to that. Because yeah. every piece of your life is woven into but also yes. we got to yeah. go down our Martin Luther paths again and say it's not all this like moralistic thing, right? Of like doing no. everything the right, right way. No, 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 no. Right. Uh-uh. And because that's what it can veer into. When oh, we absolutely. Get, you know, yeah. I've got the evangelicals on my mind with listening know, to this listening podcast, podcast, right? So yeah. it's like it's not just the moralistic of doing the right thing, living a pure life, right? It's not, you not know, at all. it is yeah. living in the way that Jesus commands us to live, right? in love and service to one another, you know, about the bigger community. Jesus, right? Yeah, Jesus' comment is not about trying to get us to stop sinning. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. he does want us to stop sinning in some ways, but like— But he's like, but he's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's This isn't like, you know, try to be, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. It's more along the lines of saying, the sun is going to set you free. Like, like you, you're bound to this sin and— it is hard. Like you, you can't, you can't find the freedom of God's family, God's love. But guess what? I'll do that for you mm-hmm. because I have that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, in some ways, he's saying, "Walk with me on this journey," because, and don't overmoralize this. Don't, don't, don't try to do this on your own because that's actually a sin too, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, that pulls us from God. But more along the lines of saying, "Can you?" Can you name that you have these pieces that pull you away? But even more so, can you look and see that I have the freedom and I hold that for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. To me, that's in some ways, that's the crux of this is saying, like, in the course of history, we tend to either ignore the past um, or try to take full responsibility without ignoring, without paying attention to the past or the present, mm-hmm. right? Like, and Jesus is saying, I don't want you to try to overmanage this. I also don't want you to ignore the past. Mm-hmm. I want you to see all of it, but I also want you to see that the freedom is not from all of that. The freedom is from something bigger than that. Yeah. The freedom and I think comes it's from me. Bigger than that, right? Yeah. That causes us to have that desire to be transformed within Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in everything, mm-hmm. which might be kind of messy. But that's that's good. Well, yeah. You know. And you know, if you want, just take a little peek back to the woman caught in adultery and maybe yeah. one of the ways is just to be like, Hey, I'm not without sin, so I'm not gonna throw this stone at you. Right. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's really it's interesting. I mean it's as simple um, and complicated as that, right? It is. And those actions is living in the truth. Yeah. Right? Those are yeah. You get it then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess, I mean, I, I still don't know exactly where I'm going on Sunday, but like, I we'll think find that out. we'll find out, but like, <laughs> I, th- I think that this, this text, um, is really interesting 
tying it right back into Matthew for just a hot second, um, mm-hmm. is that is this this text asks, are we asking the right questions mm-hmm. still? And where do we see ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus is in Matthew's parables, Jesus often is pointing out the world as you understand it is not how God's kingdom works. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in some ways, he's saying the same thing to his followers here of mm-hmm. saying, you may think you understand how this is now that you're a believer. Yeah. But there's greater depth to this. And yeah. there are pieces here to lean into in different ways. Oh, yeah. And to me, right? it brings up immediately, like, what do we still need? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we still need that. We still need to hear it. Yeah. Right. We need absolutely. to. We need. We need the kingdom of God to come near to us. We need Jesus to remind us that we're all sinners sometimes. We do. We need Jesus to remind us that we we long to be freed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the danger of the complacency within the Judeans. Yeah. That is the struggle. Yeah. The we're good. We got it. We got it covered, right? It's the lack of reflection. It's like those tenants or those guests or those you know, you mm-hmm. name it characters in the in the um, parables. Mm-hmm. It's all of it. Yeah. It's that question of can we pull ourselves mm-hmm. out enough to see and to reflect mm-hmm. and to, to um, turn to invite God into it. And in that turning to find that freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's it. Yeah. That's a good place to stop, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks for being with us. Um, It's good to be back. So uh, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends.